0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, A Love Like No Other. We're going to be beginning Chapter 50 of Tanya. And this is really going to conclude this last series of chapters which have been talking about love of Hashem and fear of Hashem, Avas Hashem, Yiras Hashem. To, to really jump into this chapter, I want to share a famous story you probably have heard from the Gemara in <clears throat> Chagiga. The Gemara in tractate Chagiga 14b tells us, Tanu Rabbanu," our rabbis have taught us, I'll, I'll read it from the inside. Our ba Nikhne Four people entered into the holy orchard and were taught the orchard is they entered into the deep mystical thoughts of, of uh, the Torah of God. The Elohim, these are the four people. Ben Azai, the first one was named Ben Azai, the son of Azai. The second one was named Benzoima. The third one was named. Following the story, he he came to be called Acher, and the fourth was called Rabbi Akiva. So, Ahmarlohem, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva turns to the group, the foursome, and he tells them, "Listen, Keshaate Magi and Eitel Avne Shayish when you're going to get up there in heaven you're going to see a marble pillar and it's going to look like water and so if if you don't pay attention you're going to start getting worried how could you continue there's water how are you going to get through the water but it's not really water so don't say May this is Rabbi Kiva's instructions to Ben Avid and Zoima and Acher. Ben Azai, the Gemara now tells us the conclusion of this story. Ben Azai its Ben Azai looked, he looked a little too far, and he died. Ben hits its Ben Zoyme looked, he tried to really understand items perhaps above his ability Benifka and he went straight Acher, he went too far and he completely separated himself from religion who is the only one of these four that was able to go in and leave peacefully. fully, Rabbi Akiva Yatsubisho. Rabbi Akiva went in peace and he came out in peace. This is a story. Now, what does it mean <clears throat> that Ben-Azai died? What does it mean he died? Anybody, like what type of death is that? Well, let me tell you another story. Another story, similar story. Aharon, the brother of Moshe, had how many siblings? Four. Sorry, I didn't mean to say, apologize. How many children? He had four children. And two of them ended up dying. Because he entered into the Holy of Holies. Anyone know what their names were? What was their name? Nadav and Avihu. They, on the day that the Mishkan was being inaugurated, they went into the Holy of Holies, they brought incense, and they died. And again, what type of death are we talking about What type of death? Mark, they stopped breathing? Yeah. Well, they did. I mean, I think they would what type of death? Well, the question is, when I say what type of death, yes, ultimately they stopped breathing if they died. But What I meant to say is like, how did they die? Was it that, that they were killed or did something deeper happen that made them die? So I'll share with you a third story. And then we'll all connect. Yeah, my son is sharing that by Notaran Aviu, fire went into their nostril, that's correct. A third story is the Alta Rebbe, the author of Tanya. He would learn with the maggot of Mesrich's son named Avraham the Mala and one time they were in the middle of something really really deep and all of a sudden they said if we're not going to eat a bagel and butter we're going to pass out if we're not going to eat a bagel and butter we're going to pass out what does that mean but what, what type of passed out? Does it mean that they just didn't, were malnourished? No. All three stories have one thing in common. Sometimes a love is so intense that you lose yourself. It could cause death from your love. Your love is so deep that you leave who you are. And when we go back to the story of Nadav and Avihu, that's what, that's what we learn happened is that Nadav and Avihu, they had such a desire to be close to Hashem that their soul left its body. And Azai in the story of going into the Pardis and seeing these deep mystical parts of godliness, he saw such deep items <clears throat> that his soul left its body. And the Alter Abbey with Ram, the Rev. Abram, the Malach, they were saying that we're so excited about what we're learning that if we're not going to connect to the physical, we're going to leave. We're going to leave this body. Anyone know the term for this feeling, that, you want, that your soul wants to leave the body? What's the term for it? The term is it's called Kaleis Hanef, Kaleis hanef Your soul wants to leave. Wants to leave the body. Wants to become one with Hashem. So here is where chapter 50 comes in. Previously we've been discussing different types of love of Hashem. But they haven't been such fiery love. We spoke about a love of Hashem. Hashem loves me. I love him back. But because the king loves you, like in that example we learned, the king went to the dump and took a man out and brought him into his chamber and hugged him and embraced him. Does that mean you're going to want to leave your body? Yeah. You love You love the king. The king did you a big favor. Or in the second example, we learned of the reciprocating love. Where the king built this entire master plan just for you, showing how much he loves you, is that gonna make you wanna leave your body? No. So chapter 50 is gonna teach us a whole new level of love. And here I wanna share that we know there's the right side and the left side. Please share with me, is the right side in Judaism considered kindness or severity? The right side is considered kindness. The left side is considered severity. That's why by the way we learn, in certain places we learn Hashem only has two right hands. There's no left hand. Hashem only has two right hands. Only kindness. Right, that's why you also know that in the world there's a custom for men's suits that the left goes on top of the right. Right, you're familiar? You're the left of a men's, man's shirt or suit goes on top of the right side. Women, the woman, they have the custom in the world is that the right goes on top of the left. The, the Hasidic community, we actually will take our garments and we'll make sure that they redo it, that the right should be on top of the left. The, that the suit, the right should go on top of the left. Why? Because right represents kindness. Kindness always needs to be on top. Left represents severity. Why would I want strictness to be the ruler amongst me? My Mandela, you with me? I'm not I'm not clear what you mean right over left when you're talking about suit. I, I okay so I'll, I'll show you a shirt. I'm wearing a, sh- I'm, I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah. The right side, the left side is physically on top of the right side. When you put the button in the left oh. side of the shirt goes on top of the right side in the classical shirt. Okay and it suits similarly, but you'll see, if you look at uh, the capote, if you look at the garment we wear on Shabbat, that block the long black coat, it's specifically made that the right is on top of the left. Because we don't want the left strictness yes. to be in charge. Mark, do you want strictness to be in charge? Okay, I hope not. Uh, uh, Mark, my I'm on, on uh, mute. Now I'm I'm unmuted. No, you're right. I never really thought about the shirts and the coats before. I thought it was just an accidental design. I didn't realize it was biblical. No. And so here I want to share something. Love that comes from the right side is less intense than love that comes from the left side. So naturally, we say that kindness is better than severity. Kindness is better than strictness. But a love that comes out of strictness is even greater than a natural love. But let me give you an example. Let's talk this over. Now. The Kohanim. Were the Kohanim considered kind people or strict people? Anybody? Kohanim are not police. The kohen, the priest in Jewish tradition, is he considered a kind person or a strict person? The answer is he's considered a kind person. And specifically because he's kind, that is why he's able to be in charge of telling people if they have leprosy because only a kind person, someone that loves everyone else, is really able to to assist them in getting past any challenge. Then you have the Levi The people that would sing in the temple They are actually called strict people The Kohen is considered a kind person The Levi is considered a strict person What did the Leviim do in the Beis HaMikrash? Who could tell me? What did the Leviim do in the Beis HaMikrash? They played music They played music They would sing They would play instruments and here's something incredible about music. You could lose yourself in music. We have the ability to lose ourselves. Literally for our soul to leave its body. Following World War II, there was a holy person who was in need of an operation, but he was too old for the operation. And he told the surgeon, he said, when you see me caught up in the song I'm singing, the song I'm singing? Go ahead and do the operation. He was, he was too old to be able to get the, uh, what do you call it when they put you to sleep? Anesthetic. Anesthetics. But he said, when you see that I'm caught up in this negin, go ahead. And that's what happened. We're able to lose ourselves in the negin. So, so, the Kohen is a loving person. The lady is a strict person, but what we're saying is that the lady who played music had still had the ability to lose himself. I'm I'm just gonna mute everybody for a moment. (laughs) Um, And now let's bring this back together. So what does it mean a love like no other? A love like no other is gonna be one that comes from strictness. A love that comes from strictness is a fire so great that it would make you leave your body. Let me repeat that again. A love like no other is one that comes through strictness and the intensity of it makes you leave your body. Any questions before we're going to jump into chapter 50 inside? Okay, here we go. I'm going to bring it up on the screen and, and certainly you could. Does that mean being strict with oneself? Say it again. Does that mean being strict with oneself? Strict with well, let, like, that's a good question. Let's see that in for Yeah. Okay, here we go. Tanya, chapter 50, all the distinctions and gradations of love that have been mentioned above derive from the right side. Remember we said the right side is considered kindness from the distinction of priest, man of grace, man of kindness, and are called longing for holy things. Etymologically, as in you are longing for your father's house so all the different types of love that Tanya and Tuna have been talking about is a love that comes from the side of kindness and here there's another word that's being added it's coming from a level called silver what's the difference between gold and silver silver has a beautiful shine but gold, the, the way Kabbalah explains, I'm not gonna tell you from a scientific way, the way Kabbalah explains the difference, gold has something that, that it has like this lust that makes you lose yourself when you look at it. So until now all the levels of love have been from the level of silver, from the of kindness. There is, however, yet another distinction of love which excels them all as gold is superior to silver. I'm gonna tell you now a love like no other, says Tanya. That's the level of love, the gold level of love, the gold medal. What is this? And this is a love like fiery coals. And where does this come from? From the distinction of the supernal givurot, see we're saying from the supernal level of strictness, from bina Ilah, supernal understanding. This love comes from givura ila'a, the supernal strictness, which comes from bina ila'a, the supernal understanding. That is, what is this? Thing? Now we've been using a few Kabbalistic terms. Let's make this practical view. Through contemplation of the greatness of the blessed ain't so, before whom everything is truly accounted as not, If we think about Hashem, before Hashem, everything is nothing. So if you want to be a something, you have to connect to Hashem. Otherwise, you're a nothing. That's what we're saying. The moment you take a, it's not a deep contemplation. It's a very simple contemplation. Think about everything before the eighth self is nothing. is accounted as nothing. So the soul is kindled and flares up towards the glory of the splendor of his greatness in order to gaze on the glory of the king. So what do you want to do? If you're going to think about yourself and, and you're accounted as nothing relative to Hashem, so all you want to do is you want to now be able to see something, see Hashem. Like glowing, the, the love is so great, like glowing coals of a mighty flame, which surges upwards, striving to be parted from the wick and the wood on which it has taken hold. Fire has this notion within it that it wants to leave. Unfortunately, in Oregon, we know a lot about fire. Fire wants to go upwards, it wants to leave. It wants to separate from the wick. This love is so great when you think how you're nothing relative to Hashem, and all you want to do is connect with something, connect with what is something, Hashem, that love is so great that you want to leave, your soul wants to leave the body. This is brought on by the preponderance of the element of divine fire that is in the divine soul. So in the soul, we know the soul is made up of the four elements, like everything in this world. And the element, the fire wants to leave the soul. How are we doing here? How, how are we doing here? Anyone want to perhaps repeat back what we're learning? Take, take a jump at it? This level of when we think about who we're nothing relative to our chef, so we want to connect with something where our soul is willing to leave its body to do that. Gershon, Hey, I can't hear you, Gershon. I'm sorry. Um, could be from my end. It's not muted. Oh, now I hear you can't hear Gershon though. No, Dr. Matt. Yeah, okay. Gershon, I'm sorry I can't hear you, but I do hear my Shimando. My Shimando, do you, you want to share something? No, I was just pointing out that uh, Gary was unmuted, but his audio yeah. wasn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What is the process is gonna continue Tanya now? What's the process of this love? Are you familiar? Have you ever heard the nigin Nafshi? Allow, allow me to sing a Nigin together and jo- join me for a few moments. Let's go like this. It's an maybe even at the end we'll be able to sing it, we'll be able to watch it being sung at a fabranging. But the Niggin says, Sama <laughs> my soul thirsts for you, Hashem. <laughs> my flesh yearns for you. So, the first level of this love we're talking about is one of thirsting for Hashem. But you know what happens when you're thirsty enough for Hashem? It makes you sick. That's going to be the second level of time he's going to say, no. You're now sick from this love. And that will ultimately lead to the third level of Kaleisan where your soul leaves the body. Let's see that back inside the three levels. Of love. Let's see that back here. Does um, literally mean destruction of the soul? Kalais means yes. Well, kala could also mean to to cease to exist. Um so kalais and means that the soul is not existing anymore meaning because it now has become one with Hashem. Does that help, Dr. Mala? Okay. So here you go. At the top of the screen, it says, in consequence of this, in consequence of this develops a thirst. So when you have this thought process, how Hashem is everything, and relative to Hashem were nothing, and therefore, we want to become one with Hashem. On this, David Hamalach says until in some, my soul thirsts for you. And when my soul thirsts for you enough, that's going to lead to next to the distinction of love sickness. I'm so in love that I'm now sick, that I can't attain the love. And when that continues enough, that love is going to reach, and then it reaches a state of very rapture of the soul. Kalaisa as is written to you. My soul is in rapture. What does the word rapture mean? Anybody? I'm, I'm. What is in English? How do you translate that word? Okay, but it should be something to the extent of the extinction, or, or the soul is not existing anymore. So we have these three, this three-way, this three-level process starts with the love of being thirsty for them. It leads to being sick from this love, and that find ultimately leads to the soul leaving its body. So there's there's a big question that everybody here should have. Who can help me? What's the big question? What's the big question everybody should have? The question is, let's go back to that story of nother than It's the day that the Mishka, the tabernacle is being inaugurated. They're so excited, they're so in love. They go into the Holy of Holies and their soul leaves its body. Sounds beautiful. I mean, sounds beautiful, I think so. They loved Hashem so much that their soul left the body. So, so, what's wrong with that? Why was Hashem disappointed? Let's talk about that story of Ben Azai. Why, was it, why does the Gemara look negatively upon him that, he, that his soul expired? And finally, let's go back to that story of the Alter Rebbe with Rebbe Avram the Malach when they said, We need to eat a bagel or our soul's going to leave the body. But let the soul leave the body. Wow you're so in love with Hashem that your soul leaves the body. What's bad about that? Mark, what's bad about your soul leaving the body because of the love of Hashem that you have? Mark, you're muted. Oh, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it sounds like a very good idea. Okay but some Hashem was disappointed with Nadav and Avihu. Why? Your, your work on earth is over with because you've ascended, your soul has ascended to heaven. Your soul has left the body. You've lost your chance. Correct. Right. But this, this goes back to that point that we spoke about earlier in Tanya, that Hashem wants a dwelling place in this world. Imagine you have a worker, the, pal- the king is creating a beautiful palace, and you have an incredible, talented worker. He is the most magnificent painter in the whole world. But he loves the king so much that he dies. Like, how do, that's, what, what does that mean? You love the king so much that you die. No, no. The king wants you to paint. Hashem wants, has, a, has a mission for us that we should be able to come make a dwelling place for him to live down here. So how how does death come in? That's not an option. Your your soul's going to leave the body. Let me say it in even greater words. It's a little, it may even be disappointing, like Mark said. The ability for our soul to leave the body and connect with Hashem on such a deep level, that is the most beautiful and, and enjoyable level possible. But it's not about enjoyment. It's about finishing our mission, right? I, I, I must have said this so many times, but I'll say it again. When someone was asking a rabbi, how could it be that in the Torah you, there's a death penalty for different sins that seemingly are trivial, the rabbi answered on a TV show, on, on a radio show, he said, look, the way the Torah gives it, it's basically impossible for the death penalty to happen. You had to, you have to, in order for the death penalty to happen, you have to warn someone within three seconds of the act, and there have to be two witnesses, and you have to be intentional, you have to be able to prove it, et cetera, et cetera. And on top of that, if a, if a court would murder someone within every seven years, they would be called murderers. In other words, the it didn't really happen to be punished. When the Rebbe heard this, it was at the time that the spaceship went and hit the moon. And the rabbi said, let's give an example from the spaceship. If an average person lights a cigarette, it's no big deal. But imagine the entire world put all their money and invested in you, and you're on the way to the moon, and you light a cigarette, and the whole mission is aborted. Now, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. We all have a mission on this world. We can't abort it. We, can't, we, we have to complete our task. So the fact that we may want the cigarette now to enjoy on the spaceship, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. We have to know who's relying on us, how much has been invested in us, and make it happen. And that's what we're going to continue saying now in time. We may love Hashem, but that's only one step. That is called the Ratzelim. The, the will to go connect with Hashem. But whenever you have that will to connect, we always need a shuv, we always need the return. Just like when you go to space, when the astronauts go, there's always a plan how to get back to space. We don't just send them away and say, see you next time. We send them up, but there's a plan to come back. The same thing is when we're having such an intense desire to connect with Hashem, we always need to return back to one, as we're gonna see now in Tanya. Let's continue a little more. From here, continues Tanya, from the level of the supernal gavuros, issues forth the root of the Levian on earth below. The lazy, remember they serve the Shem of, using musical instruments. And that is the idea of running towards God but coming back. Music has that ability to send you forward and bring you back. Let's skip to brackets for a minute. The service, service of the Levites was to raise the voice of melody and thanksgiving with song and music, with tunefulness and harmony, In a manner of, here we go. These are key words in Kabbalah and Hasidic. Ratsui, advance, reshuv, and retreat. We're advancing. We want to come closer to Hashem, but then we have to return. Which is the distinction of the intense love, resembling the flame that flashes out of the lightning, as is mentioned in the the Gemara, Hagidah, chapter 2. So, Although we may have an incredible love, we have to learn from the lady that we can't just lose ourselves in the love, but we need to come back. Uh, let's now go, let's now, you know, we'll get back to the brackets in, in a second. It's an incredible point. We'll learn one more paragraph here, and then we'll go back. It is impossible to elucidate this matter clearly in writing, to really understand this idea. That you have the love of klesa nefesh. You have the love of gold. You have the love that comes from this level of strictness. And you can't yet lose yourself. We can't fully elucidate it in writing. Yet every warm-hearted and intelligent person, gifted with understanding, who deeply binds his mind and contemplation to God, will discover the goodness and light which are treasured up in his intelligent soul, each according to his capacity. So if we just dig within ourselves, we'll, we'll find the understanding. Now, we all have a little different level. There's one who's affecting one way and there's one who's affecting another. We all have a little different a, a different way of being affected. But nonetheless, if we are a warm heart, hearted and intelligent person, gifted with understanding, and we bind our mind to contemplation, we'll be able to discover this goodness. So long as we prefix it with the fear of sin, in order to be completely apart from evil, that the iniquities may not interpose, God said it. Okay. So it's how we're going to go ahead and try to accomplish this love, but not lose ourselves in it. Let's go back to that brackets here. In this bracket, the al Rebbe shares with us a quote from the Ariza. Fascinating, about when Mashiach comes. And in the world to come, when the world will be exalted, they will become priests. When Mashiach comes, the the Levian will become kohen. When Mashiach comes, the Levi will become a kohen as our master of Rabbi Isaac, glory of Blessing Memory commented on the verse, but the priests, the Levites, that the Levites of today will become the priests of the future. An incredible thought that this strictness that we see today will be the leading factor. Today the Kohen is on top of the lady. When Mashiach comes, the label will be on top of the Kohen. Let me give you another example. The same exact idea. We learn that Kabbalah tells us that the male is, is connected with love. And the female is connected with strictness. How do we know this? Well, we look at in the prayer we say on Friday night. We say, Esha Chayil," a woman of valor. We say, a woman who fears God, he sees how she should be praised. So we use the word fear and strictness in connection with the female. So today, the, in this world, we say that the male is a more dominant gender, that kindness is more dominant. Just like we're saying the Kohen, which is kindness, is on top of the levi. When Mashiach comes, we learn it's going to flip around. The levi, the strictness will be more dominant over the kohen. The female will, will be more dominant over the male. We also sit, learn this in connecting with Beit Tila, Beit In this world, Beit which led through kindness, is the leading authority. And Beit Shammai, who, who led, in a, in a sense, through strictness, when Mashiach comes, they will be the leading authority. So let's put this all together, and with this we will conclude. We've learned tonight that there's a new type of love. It's a love that is so intense you lose yourself. Now such a love doesn't come from, from kindness, it comes from strictness. It comes from digging deep. But we cannot lose ourselves to the love. We have to come back to this world. Like we have to eat that bagel and butter. Maybe that's why bagel, lox, and cream cheese is such a Jewish food. And we concluded sharing that in this world, at the moment, it appears kindness is greater. But when Mashiach comes, we're gonna see the beauty within strictness, within givurah. We'll see the depth and 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 how that is a true beauty any